So, Parth, what have you been eating? Thanks for asking, Trent. Um, it's nice to see you, by the way. Oh, well, you're too kind. What did I have? That's uh, a great question. Didn't come prepared. Oh, okay, Trent. Let's let's not let's not get on your high horse about that, will we? Um, the weather's nice. Fuck. Here. What did I? What did I? Jackson, what have you been eating? We'll let Parth, uh, you know, gather himself. I just ate a lot really quickly. Um, I ate samosas, sog paneer, paratha, and something else that I don't remember the name of that I think is like molly kofta, but with paneer cubes instead of like the balls that are usually in there. Par- Parathas were recently discussed on the show as Parth uh, extensively it tried to explain to me what they are because my, no- my knowledge of Indian food is quite limited. It's bad, thin naan, in my opinion. Bad? Yeah. Wait, naan... And papadam are far more goaded than paratha. So where did all this stuff come from? Um, a restaurant down the street here in Boston called Shanti. And their tandoori oven is broken, so I had to get paratha instead of not. Parth, have you, uh, you know, gotten your shit together? No. Trent, what have you eaten? I, after work, I went to my usual taco, my street taco man, and, you know, got five tacos and then... Uh, brought them home and devoured them while watching our our featured film Edge of Tomorrow colon Live Die Repeat and or the other way around. Lovely. I I do now actually remember. I had a you have bo- floor. I had a Boston cream donut from Dunkin' Donuts. Great. Thanks. Did you know? Here, fun fact about Dunkin' Donuts donuts. There was a time in my life where I was convinced that they, you know, made the donuts themselves in like the back room. And then I learned that at, like, 4 a.m. every morning, a donut truck goes around to all the different Dunkin' Donuts locations and drops off donuts for from the donut factory, which is why at Dunkin' Donuts, if they're out of a donut, that's that it's game over. That They can't make you more, as I once thought as a child. Wow. I don't Where do we go from here? Let's cue the intro. I, I never thought that. Do you want me to bring us back in? Bring us back. Wait, Trent, can you bring the mic, like, back to the center of you? Are you want it in the center, huh? Yeah, because tough, it, tough it, sounds, it sounds better when you do that. Oh, you like good audio quality, pussy? You want our podcast <laughs> to sound good, huh? <laughs> Nerd! So Trent is the fun host, and then there's also... Bart. It's like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about... What do we talk about, Trent? The movies. This is our podcast. We, yeah, continue. Yeah, we talk about movies. The each movies. week we talk about, okay, thank <laughs> you. Uh, each week we talk about a film. Hopefully we have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the movie. This week we're talking about Edge of Tomorrow. Last week we discussed uh, with Pierre Bohanna. He was the costume modeler and uh, prop maker for... Um, edge of a tomorrow he 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 made the exosuit for this film it's a it was a great interview and you should probably check it out would you say that trent yeah probably especially because the interview was like delightful like yeah. we you know asked questions he responded the did whole he give deal. answers yeah yeah and okay, okay. it was actually one of our longest on record i mean this is true uh i think it was like an hour and 20 minutes so strap on your fucking seatbelts, people it's gonna be a bumpy ride Speaking of guests, Trent, do we have one on this call? This is a historic moment in uh, in the Craft Services podcast history books. Uh, our first return guest, Jackson Clark. Hello, everybody. It's me, Jackson Clark. He first appeared on our Five Bloods discussion uh, after we interviewed the production designer, Wynn Thomas. Um, and that was back in the days where each, where our episodes weren't split up into discussions and interviews. We just put it all in there. Well, our release schedule was kind of, uh, because, because actually that was, that was our first split up interview and discussion. Mm, But, but that was our original plan. And then our episodes were coming out to like two and our second episode, Star Wars, The Last Jedi was two hours and 17 minutes. And that is undigestible to anyone. 
Wait, the Five Bloods was the first episode? It was our third episode. It, w- uh, it was Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then our big plan was to do all the Star Wars movies, and that quickly was derailed. Yeah, they're not good. So. Okay. okay. Anyways. No need for that. Uh, Trent, do you mind if I give the synopsis? Do it. Is, is that the realm we're heading in? Yes. Okay, I'll do that, and I'll give box office and budget. How about you that? Did- Just go for it. A soldier fighting aliens gets to relive the same day over and over again, the day restarting every time he dies. This had a budget of $178 million and a box office of 375 Sorry. Correction. You got it. $370.5 million. I read on Wikipedia that uh, Warner Brothers spent an additional $100 million to advertise this movie. And that at the end of the day, it barely broke even, and thus justifying a second uh, movie. A s- sequel, which apparently is a prequel, but we'll get to that later. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it has a 91% critic score and a 90% audience score. Um, that took me by surprise. Do you want me to read the production history, Parth? Go for it, King. All right, well... For starters, uh, the screenplay was adapted from a 2004 Japanese manga, you know, publication called All You Need Is Kill by Hiroshi You got it. You got it right off air. You can do it. Don't be racist, Trent. Don't be racist. He struggles with that. By Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Even though we practiced before we started, um, we'll we'll let you go off. Jackson, is that okay? Do we let him go with that one? Was that good enough? Yeah, I guess we can let him slide. From from the, the Council of Minority Groups, do you <laughs> did you pardon me? <laughs> we'll allow it. All right. So a total of nine companies handled the visual effects. The uh, the studio originally offered the role, I mean the Tom Cruise role, to Brad Pitt, and he declined. Uh, six months before filming started, Doug Liman discarded uh, two thirds of the original script, and then there was like a bunch of middlemen. And then it eventually came to Christopher McQuarrie uh, just, like, a few weeks before they started shooting. Uh, Tom Cruise dies 24 times on screen, but it's alluded to that he dies many more times. It was filmed at the studio near London, which Warner Bros. also filmed Harry Potter at. The Leavesden Studios, Trent? Yep, that's the one. Way to go, Parth. So, you know how they filmed in, like, Trafalgar Square, which, like apparently british people care about that's like significant for them yeah i don't really know what it is but apparently it's the the place at the very beginning of the movie where the helicopter lands news to me well apparently shutting it down is really hard and they had to close 36 roads and you know divert 122 bus routes and they had to book every available room like in the city and then the fun part of the fun fact is that one of the most expensive parts was that one of their production helicopters knocked over a historic wicket at a local cricket ground, and they had to pay to replace it. Um, the battle suits weigh between 85 pounds and 130 pounds, designed by our friend, Pierre Bohanna, guest of the show. Um, cool guy. Nice man. Uh, each actor needed four people's assistance to put on the suit, and originally it took Tom Cruise 30 minutes, but by the end, he's down to 30 seconds. Because that's Tom Cruise. Apparently, while filming, a, you know, a car chasing in a minivan, Emily Blunt was actually driving the car herself, and she drove into a tree. And apparently Tom Cruise's life was in jeopardy. What could have been? And as I'm sure you know, uh, on the home video releases, the studio put Live, I Repeat in really big text, and Edge of Tomorrow in very small text. Because Live, I Repeat, I think they realized, is a much catchier title. Which do you guys prefer? I prefer Edge of Tomorrow. Live, Die, Repeat doesn't sound like a good title to me. I think, I don't think I really care. I think I prefer Edge of Tomorrow just because that's what I called it when it came out in theaters. So that's what I'll always yeah. call it. But but why uh, is I it think... called Edge of Tomorrow? I get Live, Die, Repeat. Because he's on the edge like... of tomorrow. It always repeats. Yeah, yeah. He never gets to tomorrow. Oh, well, I guess, I, I guess that makes perfect sense also. I guess all it needed was, like, a brief explanation. Parth, what's the segment you resent most on the show? Oh, it's the segment that Trent uh, sort of strongholded me into allowing him to have because he was like, Parth, you reined me in. You never let me do my thing, man. And I, I gave him this one thing. I said, Parth, you monopolize the segments. It's not fair. 
I deserve yeah, and, something. And, and he said it like that, and I was like, whoa, chill, dude. You can have your three one-star reviews. So how about this? How about I do one, Trent, you do the second one, and then we leave our grand finale of this segment that I despise to Jackson. Let's do it. This one's from Jose Lopez Cotum? Cotum? Sure. Bad, because this scares children. Second review. A waste of time, energy, talent. Great premise, but aliens? Ridiculous. Third review. The third review from Ed L. says cinema as a video game. Groundhog Day savaged and bludgeoned by exploding spiders. Tom Cruise, a comedian this time, dies again and again and again and again till we stop caring. Who wins? Who cares? Wait, Trent. Mm. I have something that I just realized. Tell me. You messed up. In what Your one segment. The third review is a two-star review. I I, I was just about to bring that up. Because, Parth, I think this this excuse is going to warm your heart. I looked up Edge of Tomorrow one-star reviews, and there was only four of them. And only two of them said anything vaguely humorous. So I really had to widen the net to include two-star reviews that were still negative. Reading two-star reviews is actually more interesting, because I think... Like, you have to think about a movie more to give it a two-star review, rather than just being like, this sucked, one star. We're not adding another segment, Trent. We're not adding no, a two-star segment. I'm not, I'm not arguing for a two-star review segment. I, I, having this one is, is hard enough. Oh, I, I agree. I have a thought about the review that I read. Oh, sure. Oh, go ahead, please. Tom Cruise, a comedian this time, it says, do you think that's in reference to, like, his performance is so bad that it's funny, or because he's playing I think it's, I think it's guy? more of a comedic role than he normally does. I think the review is saying that this is Tom Cruise's first attempt at comedy and that he did not succeed. But I, I think Parth has, I, I think Tom Cruise has attempted comedy before. Yeah, I, I, would, yeah. I would say he's and very good he at comedy. Succeeded. Parth, uh, he succeeded before and Parth, fire off some of Tom Cruise's uh, greatest comedic hits, if you don't mind. Well, he's great as Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. Mm. He's, he's, it's not a comedic role necessarily, but he, he's very funny in uh, Jerry Maguire. He's really funny in the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, he's, you know, hot take. I think I like Tom Cruise. Everything I, uh, I mean, when I say everything I read, I mean, when I read the Wikipedia page, it said that Tom Cruise was really arguing for the movie to keep a lighthearted tone. Because he was like, if this gets too serious, it's going to suck. And yeah, he was like, I, and, I, and I died 24 times, so we might as well get a good laugh out of it. I have a fun fact. Do we want it? Only if it, yeah, if it's fun. Um, so as we said, Chris McCory was brought on to production uh, just before filming, and he's brought on because Tom Cruise loves Chris McCory and brings him on to pretty much anything he makes um, nowadays. But he basically, uh, Chris McCory started, and 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 as he brought Chris McCory on, he was like, "Oh, it's going to be a really funny movie," and then Chris McCory was like he'd read the script and he was like, this isn't funny. I don't, what? And then Tom Cruise was like, no, 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 no. It's going to be funny. So he was kind of the, um, like you said, he was the, the main pusher for the comedy. He, he was the comedian this time. Exactly. The Joker baby, if you will. Um, I, 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 I want you on this movie, Chris. That, that's my impression of Tom Cruise <laughs> as the Joker. <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. So, in terms of things that Tom Cruise is actually doing for the first time, uh, the thing that I notice is, whoa, Tom Cruise at the beginning of this movie like isn't awesome, and that's yes. never been the case before. I so I guess we he, just... he has to become awesome gradually. Trent, Trent, he, Trent, he... Trent what's let, let's 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 just start it off. What what are your initial thoughts on this movie? Did you like it? Well, this is my first time ever seeing this movie. Uh, I uh, for you for you two kids, it was a. Uh, uh, you're revisiting but i've i've mixed reviews i want to hear hear your guys thoughts i i in general like it but like most of the things i pointed out to talk about it were things that i don't like so i guess that says something it it is kind of easier to talk about criticisms than praise because just being like emily blunt's performance was really well-rounded and great it's uh it doesn't drum up the press that parth and i are looking for we need we yeah. need there were we need to ruffle some feathers good moments, some good moments some good some good funny moments some good action so moments. can i make a complaint like right out the gate 
please. So I think in, I mean, I think the main example of, you know, time repeating movies would be Groundhog Day. And I think, yes. so in this movie, after Tom Cruise dies the first time, it obviously has to replay the events from the day prior to tell the audience everything is happening again. But my problem is that everyone gets that immediately, and then it plays, like, every... Like, it plays too much of the scene to the point where it's exhausting. And I think, uh... Like, really? I mean, at some points, like, it pays off, and, like, little things that are mentioned or repeated, uh, like, you know, are, are brought up further down the line. But I think hearing the same phrases over and over again um, can be infuriating. Uh, that that's kind of surprising to me. I mean, I'll just say that like I love 70 percent of this movie, and then I like the rest of the thirty percent. Like I think all the way up until I mean, I guess this is spoilers. This movie's been out seven years by this point. You had your uh, chance. I think everything up until he loses his power to restart time is awesome, and then the stuff after after that is good but conventional. And, um, but, but everything before that, I'm a huge, huge fan of. So I'm, I'm interested cause that's my favorite stuff in the movie. So it's interesting that you said that it was a little much for you. So as I was watching the movie, I thought, oh, an easy criticism is going to be the movie has no like stakes because Tom Cruise keeps dying and I know he's going to come back and that it's only a matter of time until they figure this out. Um, and then I was like kind of relieved when he lost the power uh, and i and i wasn't i wasn't expecting that necessarily yeah i i agree with trent i think the first time that i watched this i was also surprised that 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 was an element to their to their powers is that they could lose it and, and something i wrote down this time was that i feel like i don't really understand losing their powers and just to preface anything that i say that i wrote down they range from incredibly tiny nitpicks to something that's mildly confusing but um yeah they lose their powers when they get a blood transfusion and i don't know like how do they know that they lost their powers if they never die again you know like because they didn't die and then not well the thing is that even if he doesn't die i think he it it just resets it does well like they don't they don't say that but i'm assuming that's the conceit well i thought it i thought it was only if tom cruise or one of the big blue ones dies that's the trigger to reset the, the alphas you 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 bring yeah, up a, a good point and i think the point is that you're not supposed to think about that because wait, it doesn't wait, it doesn't wait, wait, really pa- pa- matter parth articulate also, the thing that isn't making sense because I, I, I well well what trent what, what what jackson is saying is that how would they know that they've lost the power if they never die yeah because after you because the, the, power, the way the die, way they set up the way they set back. it up is that the day resets after you die but how would Emily Blunt know that she lost her power if she never dies? And my answer would be, I think the day just resets, no matter what, because the power is that they do that so that they can, like, figure it out, I guess. But it, I, I agree that it doesn't make the most sense, and I also don't think it matters all that much. It, it, no, it, yeah, it, I don't think it, it hurt my, it, 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 my enjoyment. It works the same way to me in, like, Memento, um, where... How would Leonard know he has this condition if he loses his memory every 15 minutes? Well, I don't think that's the same because people with like short-term memory loss can still like walk and stuff. So like they still know some stuff. No, 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 no. But he knows that he has the like he knows he loses his memory every 15 minutes. But if his and if I mean this is just a different movie, but it yeah. in that movie the rules are set that you lose your memory or he loses his memory every 15 minutes. And it's also said that he gets that condition after he like hits his head. So it doesn't hundred percent make sense that he would remember that he has that condition, but like memento for me, it's, it's just a conceit and, and doesn't yeah, really like, matter. I, yeah, I don't think it really matters. Though. So I, I have something of a hot take. Um, Go ahead. I, I what, what do you guys think? If the movie ended right after he, like, obviously he blows up the Omega, and then I wish the movie ended after his body, like, fell onto the thing, and then it just, like, showed that it, like, gave him life again. Because... The blue stuff? I don't, I just thought the whole... How different... 
Oh, it, wait, that really confused me, actually, at the end. I, what are, What is that end bit meant to imply? That what he did was in the past? Yeah, which, I, I was kidding. I thought it should have went to the next day, and then I was... Ki- yeah, I, I, I was confused. I was confused that it seemed... Like, then they were like, oh, the explosion happened, but the explosion happened on the day before of of the attack now. And also, I, I was... I thought maybe the blood from the Omega guy gave him just, like, pure time travel powers that didn't include resetting the day. Maybe he just went back, but the day continued. I, I think the point is that he... It resets the day back to the um, very beginning of the day because this is, like, something... I don't know if you guys were going to bring it up, but one small nitpick is that the day does not begin for him when he's sleeping on those bags the day begins for him when he when lands he's sleeping on the plane yeah mm-hmm. which again i don't care about that because it's like it'd be boring beca- well, I, to, to go through all of that stuff again but then the, the to to just explain what i think happens at the end i think it resets it all the way there because it, it gives him one last chance to go back or like that's what the blood signifies there and then the ending is just like and now he can go on i I don't think it's meant to imply that he has superpowers now again but 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 they said on the news that the explosion happened already and he hasn't gotten to the front yet yeah no yeah you're making sense because if he blows up the omega then shouldn't time just continue forward because then it won't have a grasp on like i don't know like our our time system anymore we didn't and if if time still does reset on Tom Cruise's death, then he's accomplished nothing because every time he dies, they'll be back in the war. Well, Tom Cruise doesn't die, ever. I what what makes no sense is that the final time he dies, he goes back further than when he'd been reset every other time. Like I know it's a plot device so that everything can like end the way it started. Yeah, I I agree. That's one of the things I wrote down is that I wasn't sure what the end was. Jackson, was read us another one of your famous bullet points. I'm curious. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll read the most tiny nitpicky one. Is that the like the gun on the right arm of their suits is, is a SCAR assault rifle, and it has no grip for a human being to hold. But then when Tom Cruise takes it off the arm when they get out of the suits, it suddenly does have a grip to hold. And like it's just not there one shot, and then they cut, and then it is. You're right, that is a nitpick. So. Yeah, that is a nitpick. <laughs> we didn't also, I'm pretty sure it's a Scar H, but they say that it shoots 556, five, which is not correct. What is 556? Five, five, like I know what I know what a Scar H caliber. is from Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um uh a Scar H shoots a 762, which is a much larger caliber bullet than 556. Five, but a Scar L does shoot that, so maybe my eyes were deceiving me and it was a Scar L. Which you would might remember from Black Ops too. I learned recently that Parth wasn't allowed to play Call of Duty as a child. <laughs> That's so sad, Parth. I'm sorry. It's okay. He had to sneak over to his friend's house. Well, like elementary school was like entirely Call of Duty and SpongeBob and eating cheeses. That was what I did. Jackson, don't you still play like several hours worth of Call of Duty a day? No, I haven't played Call of Duty in a while. Actually, really, I really fell that... fallen off the ground. I just got Mortal Kombat the other day. That's what's consuming my time. So, do you like play online, or are you like playing the campaign? On Mortal Kombat, yeah. I have I refuse to play or to pay for PlayStation Network. So I've just been playing the campaign. Yeah, it's a complete sham. That so the, the 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 people PlayStation have really shattered our trust after all these years of free yeah. online because. Wait, the, like, the, the, the well, Xbox u- online, users online have always has, been suckers. On, online hasn't been free for, like, almost, like, yeah, eight years, years now, now, right? What? Was it not free on the PS4? No. Oh. Well, it was... I, I, I stopped yeah. with the PS3. I, I started with a PS... Yeah, I originally had a PS3, and one of the big reasons I didn't get an Xbox was because it would be free. But they're treating it like a streaming platform now but like i shouldn't have to buy the game if i also have to buy it. i i heard games for the new generation of consoles it, the price has gone up from 60 to 70 dollars what a time to be alive yeah i did i did hear that it's unfortunate well uh edge, edge, of, tomorrow. edge of tomorrow is kind of like a video game yeah wait one of the reviews didn't they call it a kind video of game? yeah yeah cinema is a video wait game. do you guys think that the movie knew about uh d-day do you think they heard about it 
Pro probably. I was thinking about that. Like, what about this movie? Did they feel the need to make it like a World War Two vibe in only a couple of ways? I, well, what I, do you I, mean I, by a World War Two vibe? The, I, the... Well, I mean they just like we're clearly supposed to think of Normandy and D Day. Like when we see the beach, line. I think yes, it's just a, a highly recognizable war thing, and they're trying to oh, wait, also, it, do it, it with Parth, a sense of reality. Parth, because they're retaking Europe, which I guess happened in World War Two. Yeah, they're also like literally storming. Wait, are they storming France? Yeah, uh, they're they're in Paris. Yeah, because they get to the Louvre at the end. Though. That was a weird place for an alien monster to choose yeah. to hide out in, like one of our finest it's... museums. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they know that like we care about. Certain I I, I kind of like that it's there because I would be kind of annoyed if it was in New York or San Francisco or like I feel like it chooses Those places aren't in Europe. Well, I I know, but I'm okay. <laughs> but but I'm just saying it's it's an interesting location. The aliens didn't have an agenda. What were they? What do they want? It, like to they, conquer, well, right? They touch on that a little bit in the bar. And, and Tom Cruise is like, scene. it doesn't matter because they're winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I again, that's the kind of thing. Look, I don't care. But like, think yeah, about. Okay, like, think about it. if we as a human planet were to ever invade another planet, like it would be because of a resource. We wouldn't just like waste all the time to go there and be like, let's kill everyone. Like, I just, guess. But like, again, like it, I don't. I, I feel like I, I almost prefer that they don't um, give any sort of like reasoning Attempt for why yeah. because that what what possible interesting thing could it be they want like our water like like or like they want like our the, salt like like what could it be the mad scientist character that i don't remember he's played by the dad from charlie and the chocolate factory yeah no, noah taylor i believe is his name but um he he says that they're like a disease and they could be on like a billion asteroids and, and or um Chris I, took that. I took that as the truth. Chris McQuarrie has said that his least favorite scene in the entire movie that he had to write because the studio essentially said, you need this scene, was explaining how everything worked. Like that whole scene where it's like five minutes and there's like the holograms and everything. Mm. Um, that's his least favorite scene. Wait, where they first talk about the Omega? Uh, no, no, where they explain like the plan or whatever. Like of the aliens. Oh wait, wouldn't that wouldn't that be confusing if we didn't know that they were no. doing the day reset thing? The, uh, well, he's basically basic. The point that I'm trying to make is that he says that he doesn't like how like obvious all of the exposition in that scene is because it's it's uh, just a scene where they tell you what the plot is essentially, and um, it that's basically my point is is like I it, with a lot of the things in this type of movie. Like, the way I view things in most movies is that it, I don't 100% care how the mechanics of the world work, which is why I think the ending doesn't confuse me or bother me, because it's not the point. Like, the point is the character and the growth and whatever that he achieves. And um, so, like, it doesn't bother me. And I prefer when movies don't give explanations because... Um, it makes it, A, I think it makes it more fun to not know. And then B, most of the time it, f it falls into a very generic, obvious, like, um, plot requirement or something like that. So I, pr I prefer that they just don't explain things. So this is a, a spoiler note because it occurs at the end. Please. But, uh, when it's mentioned, like, when there's like the gang of like the I don't know like the squad whatever letter and the and they're all recruited J squad J squad there you go sure so uh J squad squad's on their way and they're like oh we can't kill a an alpha because it'll reset everything so i was like okay obviously either Emily Blunt or Tom Cruise is going to sacrifice themselves so that that much we knew and then i was I was unsurprised to see all the minor characters, the the valued members of J Squad, die absolutely immediately. <laughs> then we're down to just Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, and Emily Blunt is killed in the least glamorous way possible. Like she's not even seen. Like the monster just like runs over her, and like she doesn't get a final moment. And I know she comes back alive at the end, but usually she's like 
She's one of the main characters, and she's dying, she was... and it, it, like they're not even showing it. She was alive at the end? No, like, she, when he turns back time at the very end. Oh, and then yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I respect an action movie for killing someone unceremoniously. I agree. I feel like that's, like, not a not an expected not it's it's not the same type of movie at all but it kind of reminds me of spoilers for logan 2017 if you haven't seen it it kind of reminds me of like professor x dying in that movie um it's not a glamorous death at all and it's not i i like it when they don't do that yeah i agree so um oh part jackson feel free okay and another one of my beautiful uh bullet points and it also has to do with the blood transfusion thing. Sure. But how to come when... So when Tom Cruise is able to reset the day on his death, the alien loses its ability to also do that, right? Yes. Because okay, because so the, that, if, that Omega is killed, right? Yeah, that Alpha. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so if that's the case, then how come when he gets a blood transfusion in the hospital, how does that give the alien its ability back because i thought they wanted his blood so that they could get it back but they didn't no no they wanted to make him bleed so he would like bleed out because mm-hmm. because if you just like i like it makes no sense that if you instantly die and then it repeats but if you slowly bleed out and then are somehow rescued that i think that is the only way that the aliens regain their power because that that well, that's thought... what happened both with emily blunt and with tom cruise I thought they needed they needed to get Tom Cruise's blood so that they could get Tom Cruise's blood on their face like Tom Cruise got the alpha blood on his face and that's how the power would transfer back. But then Tom Cruise just gets in a car accident, goes to a hospital, gets a blood transfusion and now the alien's able to do its thing again. Agreed. I, I don't know like, that that makes sense. <laughs> and I just like don't know or maybe it's not even able to do its thing again. Yeah, that, Does that it happen again. Well, yeah, because that? at the end know. Like, isn't that how he's able to turn back time again at the very end? Well, that's the blood from the high, or from the Omega, which I guess we've never seen before, so anything's fucking possible. Yeah, I guess I guess it's meant Omega to be that. But also, again, I didn't care that much, but I was slightly annoyed throughout that I didn't understand how the transfer of that power was functioning. Parth, uh, Doug Liman directed this movie. This is our second Doug Liman picture, yeah? Yes. Which other one did you guys Locked do? Down. The HBO Max Spectacular. Locked Down. Well, I haven't seen that. that Spectacular is a big word for Lockdown, Trent. <laughs> what did I give Wait, it? Did I give it like a 3 out of 10 or something? You get, like a 2 you get, out of 10? You gave it a 4 out of 10 and it was... Oh, I, Wait, I think I re- I'd knock that down to like a 2 out of 10 upon rethinking. Do we rate stuff on this we show? Do, like we do. We do later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we got a few more thoughts on us. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to ask if you had any thoughts on the direction, because you, usually, I do. you, you, you get on your soapbox for, for this segment, so please. Okay, one-star review, with some <laughs> occasional two-stars. Um, uh, yeah, I really like it. Uh, I think uh, Doug Liman figured... I, I remember in the lead-up to this movie, some people were a little apprehensive, because he's the guy that did The Born Identity, and so that kind of revolutionized... Uh, for a lot of the early 2000s how action was shot because it was really uh, close-ups and quick cuts and I like that he kind of he doesn't do that and I I like I don't know how much of that is him and how much of that is Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise likes his action shot a certain way but I think it really helps that Tom Cruise is part of it because the unique factor Tom Cruise gives you is that you can show your actor doing things which means you can put the camera in places you couldn't in other movies because it's a stunt person doing it so i think if you're an action fan as i am uh it's 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 really nice to see those stunts and they're like wide shots and everything and i think the movie has like a nice almost airy feel to the direction it's not a very um i don't know it's not it's not like christopher nolan or michael bay or something it's it's kind of like breezy and um it it I think we talked about it in lockdown where Doug Lyman has almost like a floaty um, quality to his cinematography and I, yeah. I really like it. I was gonna say there are other directors that would have made this a two and a half hour long movie. And I'm, yeah, I'm, and I, and I like I'm how grateful, simple he makes this. Grateful it's sub two hours. 
Yeah, it's only an hour and 53 minutes, right? Jackson, do you have any thoughts on the direction? No, you're catching me on a bad film suit. Give us another one of your bullet points. Okay. Um, The biggest one for me is Tom Cruise is so famous in this world that the general thinks he'll have real sway on the public opinion, right? And that's why he's sent over. Yet, like, he's that famous, but no one in the base knows his face or name, and no one recognizes him. Like, how is that possible? That's a really good point. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, Trent. I mean, Jackson. Wait, it, it's just his real name. So, like, uh, so I know, and no I know that everything is set into action because Tom Cruise, like, doesn't want to see combat, obviously. But I don't think this general wants him to die. Like, he's no. just saying, he's just saying, like, oh, go to, go to yeah. the battle and cover it and try to drum up support. Um, well, yeah, there's still the chance that you die. Yeah, yeah, him yeah, him saying specifically you're going to be on the first wave. Like, <laughs> I, I can see where that yeah. was a turnoff, especially when you're storming a beach, you know? Yeah, yeah, when literally no war photographer ever is on the front line, I'm sure. I don't know if that's actually true, but I bet that's true. So, uh, I mean, the the one remaining fact I can say about the, the beach scene is that they... It was shot entirely indoors on sound stages. <laughs> really? And... That they, sh- I mean, even with that being said, in a movie where they shot everything on digital, they shot the beach scene um, on 35 millimeter, and that it was only supposed to take the first two weeks, and the beach stuff took nearly three months. I have a fun fact Wait, about that. That doesn't surprise me at all that it took so long. I have a fun it, fact. So much happened Parth, on the beach. please. It's not so much a fun fact as it is just knowledge of the production. Oh, so a um, fact. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, so basically, um, A, Tom Cruise hates digital, so all of his movies are shot on film. Um, then also, the stuff on the, the, the movie went into uh, production without like a completed, completed script. Um, they were writing it as they were going along. Um, so like Chris McQuarrie was sort of making up the pages as they were filming. So um, all of the stuff on the beach became expanded, more and more expanded as they were filming, and they kept that on the set because at any point that they thought of an idea, they would just be like, okay, let's get into suit, let's get makeup, and let's just go to the location. So the set was essentially on standby as they were filming other scenes. So as an actor, how can you feel strongly about being shot on film versus digital? well, any- because Tom Cruise is pretty involved in his, in the production of his movies, and he's he's he doesn't talk about anything publicly because he likes to maintain his image very well. But like, he he's actually very very smart about making movies. He's very involved in the like story process and everything like that, and um, so he's a producer in pretty much all the movies he makes now, um, which gives him that kind of pull. And yeah, I, I mean, film actors generally look better on film um so so i think that's partly it's a vanity thing but it's also i think he just likes uh he's from like i mean he doesn't look it as much maybe but he is kind of from another era so i think he just likes working with film yeah he here's a stupid thing that i feel the need to talk about uh the there's a man in this movie Who's like, oh, who's like, oh, like, yeah, like, I'll gladly fight, but, 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 I have to be naked. And that's, that yeah. is equivalent to if I was, you know, in Vietnam and I was like, guys, 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 I want to <laughs> be in the jungle with you too, but it's hot out. And so, therefore, um, the Viet Cong will witness my peen, you know? And your fellow soldiers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there wouldn't be like a metal exosuit. To I mean to guard I said, said peen from the Viet Cong. Remember when Tom Cruise is like becoming a badass in this movie, and then he just decides to let that guy die. Like I thought that was such a weird dark. Which moment. guy? The naked guy. Like wh- during his like montage of like becoming cool. Like after learning how to save the naked guy that gets crushed by the yeah. plane, 
one of the times he just like looks over at him and just lets wait the naked guy i thought that was so the naked guy who every time they land goes thank god we made (laughs) it (laughs) imagine like jumping out of a plane and then like uh, like being under heavy fire parachuting down hitting the ground and then being like guys we did it i don't know yeah oh wait their whole plan is horrible like jumping out of the plane attached to those like cords like that's gotta be the worst way to do that like parachutes i would think would be far superior so parth if you were gonna try to you know take over the aliens what would you change about the plan i am uh really well versed in battle uh yeah, tactics you, being uh, that combat. you weren't being that you weren't even allowed to play call of duty as a child <laughs> I, like... I have i have a really great in-depth knowledge um i'm gonna deflect this over to jackson jackson how would you change it um well the reason in real life that d-day went so poorly is because uh bad weather messed up the artillery strikes that the allies were trying to do on the fortified nazis positions and so the shelters and their bunkers were unbombed and it seems like they didn't make any attempt to bomb the aliens before going onto the beach because they all have like shoulder mounted right artillery so i would have bombed it first also it seems like they bury themselves so maybe you could do some kind of thing that fucks up the ground a I, w- I was gonna say uh what are what are these like monster things are they like octopuses are they spiders uh, i they... love the design i i think it's so cool looking no, I I agree. I, they're pr- they're pretty fucking vicious. I like their design. However, I don't like that their mouths don't close. Or at least if they do, we never saw them with their mouth closed. I thought that was just, like weird. Like that he was like sensing Tom Cruise with his mouth open or something. I thought the less time they spent on screen and the less time I had to look at their faces, the better. But yeah. just seeing like their flailing tentacles like wreak havoc, I I was on board for. Uh, I also like when they die, they just, like, become, like, a rigid mess of squiggly yeah. lines. I thought that was cool. So, Parth, do you, uh, do you know what the, the sequel slash prequel to this movie will be called? Oh, yeah. Live, die, repeat, and repeat? Is that I don't think I don't think it's actually what it is. I think that's a fan thing. I don't... That is not a good I title. don't think it is either. Well, I don't hate it. it. I think it'd be funny, but... Fuck Edge of Tomorrow 2! It should be called, like the edge of yesterday it's a prequel some shit like that. i'm i'm interested to see what it would be i mean i don't know what they would do but chris mccory has said that is it's there, an awesome idea is there a rumor that it is a prequel no that's what that's what he said it's 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 like oh, a it's like it a okay. it might it's either a prequel or it's like godfather 2 and like half prequel half sequel wait is it following tom cruise yeah now? it's tom cruise and emily blunt do you think there's gonna be like temporal pincers in this oh or? i fucking hope so yeah, I fucking hope so. Wait, That's a tenant the... thing. Oh. Uh, I... Wait, Trent, you haven't seen No, uh... we did a whole episode about tenant. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, I was just listening to your thing about tenant. I was going to say, originally, when they said, oh, we're doing a prequel, I'm like, oh, they're going to do the Emily Blunt when she. Oh, like, when. when oh, well, when gone. she was repeating. Yeah, but. Yeah. but That'd be uh... a pretty shitty movie. Well, well, yeah, we well Tom Cruise out. wouldn't be there, and apparently the only reason they won is because they let them win to give the humans hope. But does that even make sense? Like, why not just execute the humans at every turn? Because maybe, because since they're they're throwing every man into this beach battle, maybe they can kill more. Yeah, I, 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 again, I think it's another thing of it needs to happen, otherwise this movie doesn't make sense. I have two more bullet points Read if you guys want to hear Ra- them. Sh- rattle them off. They're baby ones. Yeah. The first one, like, I feel like there's going to be no solution to this. But why didn't they recruit J-Squad earlier? Why did they wait? Like, because clearly J-Squad is recruitable and, like, convincible that this is real because they did it. So they should have just recruited as many people as they possibly could every time. I, I think because earlier on it said... Because they don't know it, where it is, right? Well, well I, I think... Well, well, they're trying to get to the German... The German... Uh, water the german dam thing they're trying to get there why don't they bring as many people as they can oh i i i had a thing okay so do you know like with the helicopter and tom cruise is like if you try to go in the helicopter like you're gonna die like i've tried it a bunch of ways so why can tom cruise take off in the helicopter no problem like the same monster should be there and it should attack the helicopter the same exact way as if emily blunt were there well yeah that's true and also 
if he knows where it's buried in the ground, can they not deal with it before? Yeah, they can't they the walk over there, kill it? Like they kill those things all the time. Yeah. Apparently, they're really good. Yeah, at Emily it. Blunt apparently killed a hundred of them in one day with a helicopter rotor blade. I think is her sword. Did anyone else? Oh, I did. I didn't even like think about I that. I thought that was. I thought that was the blade of a helicopter. Rotor. That would be cool. I noticed. I was like, that's a that's a rather like thick and like rectangular yeah. sword. So, She's jacked. She must be jacked. It said uh, she worked out for three months. Wait, didn't you say the suits were 130 pounds? Yeah, the the, the, the lightest ones were 85. Like, in real yeah. life? Yeah. So did they, someone wearing a 130 pound one, did they have like, is there something within the exoskeleton that actually helped them move? Oh. Or, because that's just well, really What hard. I read is that. Well, we talked with him about it. Yeah. it. He was basically saying that like, they built it in such a way where as you move the like hydraulics within the suit you aren't actually like lifting 135 pounds okay yeah, um, so it, was, it was it was sort of in some ways a real exoskeleton but yeah like we talked when we talked with him he was basically like the best way to solve certain problems because we asked him or I, we asked him like he made the bat suit for like the dark knight and we were like oh mm. like how how do you make the head turn because that was the whole like engineering the dog thing, thing. Yeah. And he was basically like, well, we just did it how you would, like, actually do it. And and that's kind of the best way to go about making, especially with things like that, like, like military suits or whatever, is to just do what, in the real world, the actual R&D of what would make yeah. it work. So the exoskeleton, yeah, he, he said, like, the lightest one was like 85 pounds or something I, like that. I read online that there was an apparatus made that between shots you could like like hang like from your shoulders and it would like relieve some of the stress mm. um well we're, we're we're going on an hour do we want to uh, i think i think it's time jackson it is, you're our esteemed guest give us your rating first yeah. it's approximately rating so clock out of out of 10 or out, out of, of 10 five? out of 10 out of 10 I'd give it a six or a seven. I like it. I think it's pretty good. Not my favorite Doug Lehman, not my favorite Tom Cruise, but it's a fun movie. I'll say like a six. I'm gonna say six point five. Also, like I think we can't even give it credit. Like oh, it's the you die, and I we can't even say oh, it's the live die repeat movie because that will always be yeah. Groundhog, and so like we can't give it credit for the originality of the premise and. It's, uh, I, like, I, in terms of alien movies with Tom Cruise in them, I like World of the Worlds more, so. Really? Mm. Hot I take. Love, I love War of the Worlds. Absolutely I have many World. issues with that movie. All right, Parth, you say your piece. Wow, I kind of feel like an asshole, but, like, an 8 out of 10. I really love this movie, but. Uh, Parth, just while we're here, name one of your title issues with War of the Worlds, just because you're outnumbered in terms of its advocates. I think it has maybe one of the best first acts of any Tom Cruise or Spielberg movie. Um, like, I think it's awesome. Everything with, like, the aliens at the very beginning all the way up until, like, like the helicopter or the airplane crash is all great. Yeah. I don't like the third act, and I think it's... And, and, and the, the Sun character is just god-awful. He has a son. I don't even remember that. Yeah, the the the, the daughter uh, is much more significant. I only, I only remember the daughter. The, 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 the son is there. And too. Yeah. I think, I think it has basic structural problems that when you get to the third act, things are resolved that aren't satisfying, and so that's my basic problem. That was that was my favorite movie for a while when I was young, and the like basement scene where the the tentacle mm. comes down that's like looking for them. I, I thought that was the coolest, scariest thing I'd ever. Parth, do you not like the bacteria ex machina? I think it's really clever. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, but, I'll have to rewatch too. But but speaking of uh, the the plane crash scene, I'm sure we all know that you can go to Universal Studios Hollywood, and it's still there. Oh, is it really? I, I didn't oh, know. Oh, you 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 kids got to go go on the back lot tour and. Uh, yeah, you see, you see the the how the Grinch stole Christmas Village, and then you see the psycho, and then you see the psycho house, and then you round the corner, and there it is, and then it, that's the whole plane crash scene. It's awesome. 
I don't even remember the plane crash either. I guess I need to rewatch it. Speaking of plane crashes, Tenet. This podcast is kind of like a plane crash. In what way? It's we're just crashing and burning. Would would you agree, Trent, or no? That's one way to put it. I thought we had a really prosperous podcast. Oh, oh, I thought this was our last episode. Oh, I thought we had like a lot of insightful interviews, and that we had like a really bright future. Am I wrong? Trent, did Parth not tell you I'm replacing you on the podcast? Oh, I get it. Another Me and another Parth. guest we, I th- comes I think... on and jokes about replacing one of the co-hosts. I see. Who else? Who else did that? Who's as Every, come on, Jackson? Every guest comes Everybody on and that. says, "Ha ha!" Insert Parth or Trent messed up. It's time time for <laughs> me to come in. The only the only guest like that's not a film person I've listened to is myself. I guess that's my narcissism. Wow. But J- Jackson, I think you can pat yourself on the back knowing that you are, in in, in our short lifespan, the first and only person, the the first person to be asked to return. If you ever have someone else return, you have to make me come back for a third sure. time. So, so the, yeah, we'll have it'll be like the the SNL like five timers club. You're current. Yeah, you're currently yeah. in the two timers club, my friend. Dope. Uh, Parth, we uh. I, I, I think it's time we announce to the world, it's Spider-Man week. It is. Um, you can hear our interview with the supervising art director for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man next Steve week. Steve Arnold! He was nice. We talked to him yesterday. Uh, yeah, you get some Sam Raimi stories. You get some David Fincher stories. It's uh, it's a pretty cool interview. Would you say that, Trent? He- Right. All right, I guess since we're a podcast, we're kind of contractually obligated you to politely ask to, you know, like like rate our show and like and like write a review. Like that'd be super nice, right? Tell your friends about us. We want we want more listeners. So, next week Spider-Man, Trent? Spider-Man week. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Say bye, Jackson. Bye-bye now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.